Hi guys, this is Oliver Cookson and welcome to Bootstrap Your Life. So this is the 13th episode, hopefully not unlucky, but this is the 13th episode of Bootstrap Your Life and it's actually the third part to a question, which was obviously a large question around hiring and how best I think you should hire people in a startup or in any business. Some tips and tricks from me. As always, no fuss, no messing around, straight to the point. Hopefully give you some punchy tips to take away. And yeah, this question was obviously a lot longer than, than some, so therefore it's been split over three parts. But this is the last part of the question, and next week we will be jumping on to a new question. So I hope you found the first two parts useful, and this hopefully should wrap up any lingering questions you may have. But if not, then please do just drop me a line at www.olivercookson.com which is my website if you go to the contact us form you can leave me a question there for something you might have a question might come out the back of one of these podcasts or if it's something completely new then it's the same again just drop me a email or a contact on the contact form and that'll be great just want to give a few thanks to a few people who left me some reviews on apple podcasts so they are jack pm elliot cass LK36, Alicia Nort, Enterprise Chris, and 547 Trader. So as always, massive, massive thanks to you guys for taking the time out to leave me a review. It is massively appreciated and really do take value in them. So if you've not left me one, go please and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It is the currency of the show. The show's free, there's no adverts. So that would be greatly appreciated as would telling a friend or someone who you think would find use in, in this podcast. It's obviously a free resource and it's good to share the love and the knowledge to people so we can all try and yeah, try and make the best of ourselves or, or learn from one another in, in some way. So yeah, please do leave a review and or tell a friend. Greatly appreciated. So as always, straight back into it. I will jump back into the question now. So this is the final part of the question around hiring. And this is the third and final part. So the previous two, we're in the previous two episodes. I hope you find it useful, guys. Let me tell you a story from my experiences with my protein. It was 2008. The business was, I think, around about turning over 10 million. We're making 20% EBITDA at least, so we're making around a couple of million pounds, which is obviously amazing numbers. Fully bootstrapped, I owned 100% equity still at this point, no debt. So obviously the business is in great shape, very positive cash flow, balance sheet was strong, everything was great. And then I started to get interest from a lot of corporate finance houses, more of the boutique size. Because that's really a sweet spot for boutique corporate finance houses. Turning over 10, making one typically. 10% EBITDA is more typical. So turning over 10 and making 20 is, is obviously 20% is obviously amazing. And there's lots of fat there. I probably could have invested more heavily and grown a business quicker with hindsight. But again, hindsight's a wonderful tool. But anyway, so the story was in 2008, I had a corporate finance house come in. That's when I started to think around how about exiting a business. I'm going for a slight tangent now and it'll all come together why it's keeping in the recruitment groove. So they came in and they said to me, look, Oliver, this business is an amazing business. It's a really good, strong business and everything sounds great. However, there's one problem. The one problem is 
if you got run over by a bus tomorrow, the business dies. You are the business. It's all there. You're, you're driving it day to day. And I went, I can, yeah, I get that, actually. Um, so obviously I had a lot of employees at that time. However, they were all operative staff, really, operational staff. So if I would have got run over by that bus, then no one would be there to drive the business forward from a marketing point of view. There's still no one in marketing. There was no one in to build the website or to develop the website. All the, some lots of core functions which would have just fell flat on its face and the business would have died or it certainly wouldn't get to where it is today. So that made me think it was a bit of a light bulb moment. So they said what they'll do is they will come in for a retainer, of course. They said they'll come in and they will come into the business, help groom the business, which is what they called it, which is effectively bring in the processes, make professionalize the business a bit more and bring in a senior management team. So bring in a suite of directors with all strong experience. So if I got run over by the proverbial bus, then they would be able to drive the business forward. They said to me, Oliver, you're great, you've done great to this stage, however, you're not capable of doing that. You've never done it before, and we don't think you're going to do it. So obviously they were in sales mode, they wanted that piece of work. And well, that was like a red rag to a bull. So I said, okay, let me think about it. I'll come back to you. But what I, what I did is I went away and I said, right, I'm giving myself 12 months. 12 months to professionalize this business. I'm, I've never done it before, but I'm going to research it. I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to find the best way of doing it. And I'm going to bring in a suite of directors to cover me. So if I do get run over by that bus, then the business will continue to grow beyond my lifetime. So I won't go into the details of the recruitment was a part of the grooming. There's a whole raft of things of bringing processes into the business, making the right roles and responsibilities, accountabilities. There's a million other things that we did, or I did, in that year to bring the business to where it was in 2009, which was a much more professional business where it could run on its own. But one big part of it was bringing in the right directors, the right senior management team, which is where the story came from. In fact, I've already got earmarks, I think, a future episode which covers how to get a business ready for sale. So a lot of those other questions we'll cover in another episode. But focusing on the recruitment side. So again, what I did was I just looked and did a SWOT analysis. For those who don't know what SWOT analysis is, sorry if it's basics for others. Strength, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. So it's just a, just Google it, SWOT analysis. So I did a SWOT analysis on myself and I said what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were. I didn't actually do the opportunities and threats, but I just did a very basic SWOT analysis of my strengths and weaknesses. And this is where you really need to lose your ego and just be, be pure and focused and be honest with yourself. So what I did from there was I could see where I was strong. I could see where I was weak. I then set about writing job descriptions and roles to cover my weaknesses. So the key roles that I brought in I think at the start, I brought in a finance director, Alex, who was a very senior finance director, worked at, at Tui Airlines when they were in their boom period. Learned a lot from Alex, he's a great guy. So yeah, Alex came in. It's hard to actually find someone to come from corporate to a startup, or it wasn't a startup at that stage, but corporate to a small business. Again, the bank, the opportunity really, the future opportunity and seeing where it may go. I'm super weak at accounts, or was then, so he came in and really steadied the ship and added a lot of benefit within 
bringing in management accounts and bringing a whole new depth of accountability to the accounts department. Then there was Mark Coxhead, who was my marketing director. So Mark was, I think he was from Rightmove. He was someone who was really strong in the creative side, but also in the analytical side, which is very difficult to find in a marketing director. And he was a much better marketer than me. I never used to tell him that at the time, <laughs> but he's he's a, he's a great marketer, is, is Mark. He actually went on, once he left my protein after I sold the business, he went on to set up a, a rival sports nutrition company, which, which did well. I think it's still doing well. So Mark came in and I knew he would elevate the marketing department. I was doing a great job, if I do say so myself, in obviously growing the business especially in the AdWords, in SEO. But what he came and brought in was the campaign basis. He brought in email marketing to a whole new world, branding to a whole new world. So he really kicked that on and added a lot of value. There was then, I think the next recruitment was Carl, who again was a co-founder at the competitor for the sports nutrition brand. So Carl came in and he was an operations director for Unilever. So again, blue chip. But I saw the skill sets of transferable to a smaller business and Carl was one of the best recruits they did ever he was just a safe pair of hands and they ended up promoting Carl to be managing director again to really just take ownership later down the track but anyway at, at the early days as operations director so he really got a handle on that brought in some real sophisticated processes and added so much value there was then a couple of other senior recruits which came a bit later on one was a sales director who came from someone within the similar space, Nick, and there was an IT director who came to take over that side of things and the development later on down the track. However, those, those came a bit later on. But in terms of the points I'm going to get to, I just wanted to give you a bit of backstory. The interview process for those guys was different and should be different than it is for a warehouse operative, for example. That's pretty obvious, but I'm stating the obvious for a reason. So what I want to come to next is about redefining the interview process. While we're on the subjects of the directors, one thing that I did is I wanted the team to work great together. First of all, you need to make sure the right, the right fit for the business, but then it's also important that they work together so well because the senior management team, your board, they're the people that are going to be working day in, day out, creating strategic decisions, and they all need to be on the same page more so than any other department, I'd say. So what I did with this was I did a Myers-Briggs test on each and every one of them. And for Myers-Briggs, for those that don't know, is the personality test. It's a real sophisticated psychological test, which is fascinating. Well, I find it fascinating. So I did one on myself, first of all, and then I know which types work best with me and they, I, they work better with others. So I built it around that as well. So that was like a final stage. I found the people, I found the skill set, I found them transferable into an entrepreneurial environment. We agreed all the other bits and bobs. And then the final one was, are we going to work together? Well, so I've got my opinion on that, which is subjective, but then I wanted to sort of take an objective view. This is why I did the Maya Briggs. We got a team that gelled together according to my brief, according to my opinion, and it did. They got on like a house on fire. In fact, as I've already said, they all went, once my protein was sold, they went off and actually set up a business which was competing for my protein. They did a great job building that brand to where it is now today. So I think that's proof is in the pudding there. 
but it's just so important to to explore every avenue and to use a different interview process for the different levels and different areas of the business. I could talk around this topic for a few hours, to be honest, but I won't bore you all. So what I'll do is the, the final key point is redefining the interview process. And look, this is something which I did and it might not work for you, it might work for you. But what you want to do, especially it's, even in the later days, I didn't want to be spending big numbers on recruitment agencies. I think there's a time and a place for recruitment agencies. For some of those senior exec appointments, I use recruitment agencies because I really wanted to use a headhunter style approach. But the, there's, there's a lot of times when it's probably a opening a nut with a sledgehammer approach. So I think it's finding that balance. So if you're not going down a recruitment agency route, then using a job board of some description, which is relevant to the area. For example, I can't remember now. Job serve is a is a technical one, or used to be back then. Then there is there's numerous other ones which are all got the niches really. So find the right niche and put the, an advert on there. Make sure you've got a solid template that explains the role clearly, the job clearly, the roles and responsibilities. Obviously, what the package is and a bit about the business. You know, you want to attract the right candidates. You need to look professional from the off. So then I always go with a two-step interview process. I think I went for three steps with the senior directors. But for the vast majority of more normal hires, if you can call it that, then I would always go for a two-step process. The first step, you might not need to be in. If it's still a very early stage, you will need to be in it. But later down the path, then you probably don't need to be in the first step because by then we had a HR manager and the line manager. That was typically what they did. So they did the first interview and then I'd come in the second. Later on, further down the line, I didn't get involved in the interview process at all unless they were a direct line to me. But in terms of when you're still involved, the two-step process is key. The way I used to do it, if it was someone who was recruiting for underneath me at any stage, was first interview, focus on fit, their experience and the basic high-level requirements. Are they passionately driven? Are they right fit? Do you have that right gut feeling about them? Did you get the right vibe? It's very much that's the where you are. Get them to explain through the CV. Ask them the awkward questions and challenge them and see how they respond. That's that's really what where I used to go on the first stage interview. Then, if they get through that process, then the second stage interview for me, which I like to do something a little bit different. But what I like them to do, and it doesn't work for all the roles. You know, if we're recruiting again a forklift truck driver, which is a really key role to a business, and you've got to get the right guy, and there's no discredit to that role, but you probably don't need to do this for that role. But for more of a commercial or a front-facing role, say, for example, a digital marketing executive, then I would get them to do a presentation, which I'd give them a good week before the interview. So give them a clear and transparent scope of work. So you say, create a task. Say something like, okay, you're launching a brand called I don't know, ABC Limited, and which is a really terrible brand name, actually. But you call them ABC, and what ABC is going to do, it's going to sell children's toys, building blocks, and get them to then have some very specific questions. How would you go about marketing with the X budget, for example? What would you do in this situation, and how would it look? Just something, just, but it has to be structured. It has to be the same for everyone. Give them that presentation. If they've got the design, the commitment, they want the job, they'll spend a good amount of time on that presentation before the interview. And you'll obviously get very apparent when they come into the interview. In the interview, they'll then present that to you. 
and then at the end you can then pull it to pieces with questions and see how they respond. And believe you and me, it will take you less than two minutes from when they open a presentation or they give you the deck to read how much effort they put in. And for me, if they've spent little or no time on making the effort, they're not right. So that's a big, big, big red flag for me. If it looks very like they have spent time on it and it's got lots of thoughts and it's well produced, then obviously that's a big tick in the box. And if the data and the words in, in the actual deck itself or the presentation are strong, they're halfway there to getting through the, the job. Then it's obviously the questioning and asking those questions. And I've been in processes where no one's really produced anything of, of great quality and we've not really found the right person. We've had to start again. Maybe that's when then when we go to a recruitment agent. But I've also been in interviews where I've had two or three decks, usually in the senior roles, where they're really good. And in those cases, I'd then bring back the two or three people and do a third and final interview. Maybe get someone else's opinion, maybe bring another director in, or just doing it a different way to really find the right person. But for me, again, just stressing, it's so, so, so important to take your time, especially for more senior people, or any people, or any level of recruit, but certainly for the, for the bigger check sizes, for salaries and recruitment fees, take your time, an extra few hours here, or even half a day there, it's nothing compared to what it would be to hire the wrong person who's going to bring the culture down, make poor decisions, spend cash or waste cash, and then unwind their position and waste all the time of the rest of the team as well. It's so, so important. So, guys, that's the end of episode 13, part three of the question around hiring. So that wraps things up, and I hope it answers the question in a comprehensive way. But again, obviously, you can't answer everything in, in 45 minutes. So if there's anything that I've missed, please do drop me a line or a message on my website, olivercookson.com, and I can look to cover it in future episodes. But I hope this will be some value or some golden nuggets of inf information within that you can take away and learn from, and maybe some lessons to make sure you avoid. But anyway, hopefully it's a use, guys, and as always, I really do appreciate your time. So don't forget to add me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, at Oliver Cookson. Actually, on Instagram, it's at Mr. Oliver Cookson. I'm not a model, I think it's not a model called Oliver Cookson, I'm certainly not a model, so yeah, at Oliver Cookson's not me, it's at Mr. Oliver Cookson. You can add me there and there's throwing some new unique content along those channels. So, so if you like what you hear here, then add me up there. Next week will be a new question. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now, but it's a good question. I think you'll find use in it. So if you want to find out, then you know where to find it, same place. Same time next week, next Wednesday at 4am UK time. We'll launch next and 14th episode of Bootstrap Your Life. Thank you again so much for your time and hope you have a brilliant week. Enjoy your week, whatever you're doing, and have an even better weekend. Speak soon.